Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Joining us right now, one of the most illustrious educators, psychologists in the country, a best-selling author of the book Raising Cain, coming to the Children's School Workshop event in Stanford, the Children's School, one of our foremost uh, young early childhood schools in uh, Fairfield County. And he'll be there on November 8th to discuss early childhood behavior and dynamics. Uh, Dr. Michael Thompson is a consultant, author, and psychologist. He has worked in over 700 schools across the United States. And he and his co-author, Dan Kinlan, wrote the New York Times bestselling book, Raising Cain, Protecting the Emotional Life of Boys. And we definitely want to be doing that. Dr. Michael Thompson, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hi. Hi. Oh, thank you. Very nice to be with you. Very, very nice to be with you. And I absolutely adore your subject about the emotional life of boys. Why don't we get right into it? Why, why or in what ways is the emotional life of boys different than the emotional life of girls? Um, look, but they're all human. Right. And the, their needs for love and guidance and discipline are, 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 are the same. It's that um, uh, uh, girls are generally a better fit uh, for school. Um, they're not as impulsive. They're not as physical. They can sit. Uh, they use language in the way that is easier for adults. You know, I had one uh, when I was writing Raising Cane, I had one kindergarten boy who said to me, you can't do anything in kindergarten. And I, I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, you can't get on the table. You can't wrestle. You can't do anything. And the physicality of boys and their slower arc of development makes it tough for them um, in the school environment. And it's boys under 10 who get who struggle more in school, have more uh, uh, learning and reading problems. Now, it changes in adolescence. Their girls um, after puberty have more uh, problems of chemistry and more mood uh, problems and more battles with depression. So I'm not saying it's, you know, it's a picnic uh, growing up to be a girl. But in the early going, it's boys who are in trouble a lot more. And that's why 
I, I began writing about boys. You know, Dr. Thompson, I couldn't agree with you more. And I have been railing. I'm on the air now 17 years. One of my first guests was uh, Lenore Skenazy. I don't know if you know her, but she used to write these books I, called the Free Range Kids. Bell, but I can't play yeah, yeah, she wrote this wonderful book called Free Range Kids because she had yeah, eight, yeah. eight, nine, and 10-year-olds that she would freely allow to go on city streets and do their things. And she believed she was raising healthy children. And I agree that every child is different. We understand that. It's very difficult to generalize. But in my opinion, this... Um, uh, there's a lot to what you have to say, and it does go to some extent to the hovering nature, but it also goes to the sedentary nature of the way we have structured uh, education. And I do think that we favor the way girls learn over the way boys learn in most of our schools. And we see that because by the 12th grade, we now have way fewer boys that are even going to college than girls. So we are reaping the results of doing it this way for the last 20 years. Yeah, you know, we we took the shackles off girls and let them compete freely and, and sent them into physics and pre-calculus and they've just been burning up the track they've yep. been doing very well yep. and uh, they they passed boys in, in education in 1982 they uh, pulled even and passed them in science and math in the early 2000s and and they're just now way more young women in college so i'm i celebrate what uh, girls and young women have done but I'm wondering how we uh, uh, create uh, uh, schools that are more hospitable to boys. Um, boys often feel that schools like jail, and 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 they fight it. Um, I so they get it. They get into trouble, and then they get to a child psychologist uh, like me, and that's why I wrote uh, three books about um, uh, about boys. Dr. Thompson, there seems to be uh, an imbalance as well in the diagnosis of ADD or ADHD in boys versus girls. Do you think that that's really true, or do you think that's somewhat a function of the frustration because of the way boys develop in the environment that they've been given? Well, when pinning boys down does make them um, act more, uh, they're always trying to break out. They're more impulsive. So they're you know, I'm I'm in favor of two big recesses in a, in a school day, and that it, it, there are many little preschools that just do a wonderful job uh, of this, but parents are not doing a good job um, because one of the the biggest I'm in my 70s. The biggest change in American childhood in my lifetime is the loss of free, undirected neighborhood play. I know. And Peter Gray uh, at Boston College thinks this may, this loss of independent free play may be the cause of the huge rise we've seen in uh, child anxiety. Mm-hmm. Kids aren't just uh, being on their own, organizing their own games. And, and, and the modern parent has to be honest with himself or herself. That although all parents are saying they're on screens too much, most parents are more comfortable with a child in the house on a screen than outside, um, out of sight. And, and most parents want the control. They want to monitor and supervise. And, and, and they're just not willing to let their kids uh, uh, go out and play. I can't tell you how many hours I spent with friends um, uh, outside the house uh, doing things, some of it pranks and some of it 
wouldn't been absolutely approved of by uh, adults. But we were on our own initiating our own play. And kids are much more frightened and homebound these days. Yeah, we've, we, we've done it to them. It started after 9-11. I just remember it. It's like a wave of fear that, that just gripped this country. And, I, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the difference. I'm living since 1989 in Westport, Connecticut on a cul-de-sac, okay? And uh-huh. my little one was two at the time when we moved in, and our next-door neighbors who are my age and who grew up with the exact same thinking that I do, we're Jews, they're Italians, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. And, <laughs> when we, and we threw our kids outside to play, and they, they sometimes— uh, you know, honestly, they sometimes hunted a chipmunk or two, I'll tell you the truth. And, uh, you know, and they ran around with fishing rods here and there, and they played their own baseball. And once in a while, they would ask their fathers to come out and catch a ball with them, but mostly not. And they were yeah. they were face painting and hunting and carrying on in the woods, okay? And yes. there was no knocking on the door to have a play date. They, I, we just threw them outside. We threw them outside. Yep. Okay. Because there were other kids out there for them to play with. There were. There were two or three other kids, and they were all boys, and they had a good time. So now you fast forward 15 years later, and a new generation comes on the block. And it's another group. It's another crop of boys. And I have a good friend is, is the mother of one of them, a dear friend of mine. And she thinks like I do, and she wants to throw her kids out to play. So her boy goes across the street, and he knocks on the door. This is a true story. And the mother says to him, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you needed to call for a play date. And that little boy was so defeated. And my friend called me up and I said, what happened to our neighborhood? What what just happened? What just, you have to call for a play date for kids to come outside? So they never did it. I live in a cul-de-sac too, and Mm -hmm. I just never see children. Never. I see them at Halloween. And with their parents trailing by. The parents I mean. trailing the by. With a beer, by the way. That's another conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, I was thrown out to trick or treat. It was like, goodbye, but make sure you come back. Come back, you know, yeah. come back by 7, 7.30. I really don't want you to come back too late. But go. Have a good time. Yeah. It, it is. that we, we are, It's very fearful parenting uh, uh, going on. And it, and it limits kids play. Um, I just gave a, 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 a talk yesterday in North Carolina about the impact of the loss of, of free undirected play on children. And while, when we're searching for what the roots are of this rise in anxiety in American teenagers, um, there, there are a number of candidates. One of them, of course, is devices. They're spending so much time on devices and they're isolated from each other. They're not actually in person with each other. Um, but another is the loss of independent play when they're younger. And I'm, I'm hoping that parents can organize themselves to allow uh, on locks where to allow for neighborhood play where the parents trust each other and know each other. But everybody's working so hard and everybody's locked in their house um, watching uh, streaming movies. They don't know their neighbors. But it's also a crisis of fear. Yes, that's true, Dr. Thompson, but it's a crisis of fear. How do you get parents to release their own fears to allow their kids to play? Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Well... Uh, when I speak at the children's school next week, I'm going to talk about trusting children's social lives and and trusting their play. And I'm going to make a differentiation um, between uh, town sports, which is always adult-organized and supervised, and true play. And, and I'm going to try and distinguish between them because there's something when children are playing on their own, and you saw it in your own son and, and the neighborhood boys. There's something very special about that, and it equips um, them uh, to be more competent, independent uh, teenagers and young adults. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, really, totally. I think it was, uh, it, it, you know, not that anything is without problems, but the play was the best part of of growing up, I think. And uh, and my daughter didn't have it because she was unlucky because there weren't girls her age on the block. And I felt bad for that. But she... Well, then you had to arrange some play dates, huh? I had to do that. And you know what? She's such a mature person that... And she was very adept in general and found her own way to to grow and entertain herself without feeling anxious or alone. But but that was lucky for me because I felt bad that the neighborhood just didn't have girls their own age. And, you know, you try yeah. with that. But this fear thing, yeah, it's the luck, parents, Dr. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, but it's the fear. It's I see it gripping a whole generation of women that are younger than I am. They're just so afraid. Yeah. You know, there was a book called years ago, The Science of Fear. And I remember this because do you remember Polly Class, who was that? Yeah. Um, that Okay, so she was a girl who was captured from her second story window in a nightmare of nightmares, right? She was in California captured. And the entire country got got nervous about kids kids being captured from their homes. And right. the statistical reality of something like that happening to your child is infinitesimal, but it changed behavior because our brains seem hardwired to focus on fear and negative. And I don't know how we change ourselves back. Yeah, I, I wish I knew the answer to that. We, we have to have uh, a, a chip away in, in our local neighborhoods and make contact with our neighbors and uh, make it a safe space for our kids. Uh, but at least I'm, I've become a real proponent of summer camps. It's the last place I see of uh, kids able to play freely without the intense competitive pressure uh, that you find in town sports, which, which uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of the joy out of play. 
Camps, uh, camps are the last best place. I sent my kids for seven weeks of summer. Goodbye and good luck. And then I cheered on the way as the bus would leave. <laughs> but, I mean, yes. And you know what? And if it wasn't— a very and, East Coast, you know, it's a very East Coast thing. I, when I talk about uh, long summer camp, sleepaway camp experiences in, in California or Oregon, people think I, uh, we're, 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 we're child abusers because we send them away for so long. But I have great memories. I was a New York City boy, and I have— Great memories. What camp did you go to? Camp. Where'd you go? Uh, Kiwaden. Kiwaden. I don't know that camp. I went to Kinnikinnick in Vermont, all girls camp. All girls yeah, camp. which camp did you go to? Kin- Kinnikinnick in Pulteney, Vermont, for eight weeks this summer. At the time, it was eight weeks. And yeah. um, we used to sing not only the um, Oh Beautiful, but we also sang the Canadian uh, national anthem, Oh Canada, which I can sing from memory because we had all these kids from Montreal. And and I, and I will tell you this, Dr. Thompson, I, who was never an athlete, you talk about organized sports and my head gets sick, okay? Never an athlete. But I had a running feud with a girl named Janet in my bunk, okay? There were 10 of us, and it was six versus four. And I thought I represented the good six, and she represented the evil four. Do you know, and this is God's honest truth, do you know that I challenged her to a judo match? In the in, in camp, I'm not kidding because she was a ter- she was a bully. She kept bullying us and bullying us and bullying us, and I couldn't take it anymore. And I finally said, "Do you want to fight?" And she said, "Yes, I want to fight." And my father had insisted I take judo lessons before going to junior high school, so I knew how to do some judo. And I'll never forget this. It's one of the signature moments of my life, standing with her and the circle of the bunk around us. There were no counselors. There were no adults. And anyway, I threw her over my shoulder. She landed flat on her back, and the feud was over, and it was done. And we grudgingly shook hands, and that was it. It was over. But that was the quintessential free play thing. Do you know what I'm saying, Dr. Thompson? And and resolving kids resolving conflict. We resolved and, and it. And adults don't trust uh, kids to resolve conflict. Right. And so look what we have, a generation of fragility, depression, anxieties, suicides. What we're doing it wrong. We have to do it better. I'm with you. I'm with you. And one of the things I'm going to say uh, uh, next week is that uh, uh, parents have to stop asking every day, how are things with your friends? Are you being bullied? How are things with your friends? Because for 85% of kids, they have friends who stand up for them. They have friends whom they care about and who care about them. I do worry about 15% of kids in school who are friendless or are too anxious or sad to make friends. And those kids need our support. But we don't have to be supervising and monitoring um, as closely as we are for the vast majority of kids. So you're coming on November 8th to the children's school in Stanford. What time is your, what time is your uh, talk? It, oh, 7 oh, p.m. It's on my, it's on my calendar 7 p.m. I see it. It's, it's at 7, 7 p.m. PM. Right, okay. And you're coming in person? Of course. Okay, good. Of and course. you never know in life, you know. That's good. You know, but it's very hard. School's having a very hard time getting audiences since the pandemic to come out. Uh, and schools that ask for RSVPs, you know, get 150 RSVPs and 60 people show up. So people are not people are not leaving their houses. I hope people will turn out, actually. Well, it says you're going to look in particular at children ages 7 to 12. And you're going to be talking about 
quote, the best insurance policy for a child's ability to form strong friendships, which would be the quality of their early attachments, the social life of children, milestones, setbacks, and triumphs. And you are going to be focusing on boys, not just, you know, girls and boys, but a lot with boys because that is your area. Well, I, I've written three books about boys, so I tend to lean toward boys. But, I, I, you know, I have a daughter and I have two granddaughters, so I do know something about girls. I bet you do. Dr. Uh, Michael Thompson, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for your message. It's an important oh, message. I wish more people really took it to heart. Me too, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Michael Thompson on The Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.